We're recording this video, and then I just got to record my audio, and then we're good to go. Let's peace these broken pieces together. guys we're on episode four fumble podcast i have with me my beautiful lovely cousin from hawaii hawaii and i'm stupid enough to not know that the time difference is uh they don't have daylight savings so she had to wait an hour that's okay i was ready (laughs) all right so this is the lovely sabrina everyone uh she's the one who motivated me to get my crap together and actually start my podcast too oh yay she has, that makes me happy she has her own podcast okay mary podcast she's the <laughs> one on all my ads you guys hear her hear my shout out to her so that's the one she's right thank there you, thank you hello you in the flesh good how are you wait okay so funny it's fumble i thought it was p humble like be humble right yes yeah but you pronounce it fumble you and you know what they're both right and that was my i thought about that when i came up with the name and by the way okay. i came up with the name for this thing at like three in the morning because <laughs> i'm i'm an ahmadi like that and i just, <laughs> and we just wake up in the middle of the night with thoughts of like what to do the next day anyway, that's classic I, I know but yeah i was thinking of forever i was thinking about how, what the hell should i name this thing and so and then i was like well i like sports but i mean let me think about how I can incorporate everything and in, into oh, like humility. Yeah. And then fumble. And I was like, what about fumble with a pH? And then I was like, wait, people are going to call that P humble. That's perfect. But, and then I was like, so what? That's perfect. Yeah. No, that's perfect. So I thought that was your intent. Cause Emily, um, my okay, Mary podcast, other half, um, I told her I was doing this with you yeah. and she goes, Oh, is that your cousin fumble podcast? And I was like, cracking up like i'm like it's p humble <laughs> either done, way it works either i way guess it works. it's fumble too good to yeah, know yeah and shout out to emily i want to have her on too by the way yay oh if she doesn't think i'm weird for wanting her on no. because i've never even looked at her or seen her in person so no you're totally fine <laughs> right. you listen to her on the podcast so I, mean, I do i do by the way go to... check out okay mary podcast sabrina talks about why she left the real estate game oh yeah 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 but we're not going to spoil that that here we're not going to spoil that here you have to get over there Mm -hmm. so uh (laughs) how is it going in hawaii so first of all tell the people tell the audience what moved you to the far west um (laughs) i get this question all the time and it seems like i can never actually answer it but I just felt like California wasn't for me. I wasn't really happy when I was there. And then after, because, you know, I graduated high school early. I just hated high school. And I. Oh, my God, and, you did? Yeah, you didn't know that? Wait, I did. I literally, I literally graduated when I was 16. Wait, you did too? Yeah. Wait, I thought we had this conversation. You know what? We probably have. We probably this have. This is just so forgot. funny. Okay, continue. I just had to yeah. say that. <laughs> but I hated high school. 
And then I thought I was like, oh, I'm going to go to UC Irvine, UCLA, like all the other Persian people do. And then um, I came to Hawaii because I have a friend in who I met him in California, but he's originally from Hawaii. He lives here again now, but he was going to school in Cali. And we came to visit him one summer, me and Jess, me and my friend Jessica. And then I was like, I think I belong here. So I just kind of made it happen and decided to come to school here. I just, I don't know. I feel like what, I fit what in made here you, more. What made you uh, get that vision of you belonging there? Um, I think it was the people. I never really vibed with the people in California, just like where their values lied and the people here a lot more. I mean, there's crazy people everywhere. Don't get me wrong. Not everyone here is a saint, but, um, I, it's just, I don't know. And then just the fact that I'm so close to the ocean I've always loved the ocean. Now I can actually like have a job that has to do with, water it's just so cool and like I guess you could do it in California if you were in Southern California but it's not the same it's Uh, not the same so for people wondering we are from Northern California yeah and and uh different vibes less uh beachy areas but there's still a few much colder yeah yeah so what do you do now there you're doing uh surfing again I know you you love that Mm-hmm. I love surfing, love boating. I work for a yacht charter company. I've been working for them for a while. Um, so I was doing, a de- I was a deckhand, like I was a crew member mm-hmm. um, in college and then after college. And then after I graduated, I was like, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Like, did I go spend $90,000 on a degree to clean boats? Probably not. So <laughs> I'm just more so like on the operations side and I help out here and there. But I'm doing a lot. I try to get outside, but you know, as of recently, I don't. Yeah. That kind of stopped when I started real estate because real estate, you're just grinding and there's so many reasons why I left that. Right. So after that, I decided that I need to commit to going outside more and making the most of living here. So I'm starting to slowly get back on track to being more active yeah. in the ocean. There you go. And outside. That's your passion. That's your love. Yeah, love it sure is. It's great. I, I, I'm not. I'm like you. I don't like sales of any sorts. I'm not someone that. <laughs> can, yeah, I cannot convince someone. But Pega, speaking of which, my sister, she's in it, right? And she does. Yeah. It, and she's doing it in two different, completely different Shit. fields. She sells uh, pods for dead people, and then she sells. She also. Oh my god! I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She's also, she also, uh, but she started with real estate with her. Partner. Yeah. Know. It's <laughs> That's a morbid interesting. What, what? Yeah. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? It is morbid. And, and, I, and, yes, and she listens to this podcast, by the way. She listens to our podcast too, but she listens to. Hi, Pega. I miss you. <laughs> miss you, sis. <laughs> she also listens to uh, this podcast. I, uh, I'll admit I turn her on to. It's, it's a true crime. yes it's called sword and scale i don't know if you've heard of it no i haven't but those are the best yeah oh my god and so she's listening to murder stories on her way to a uh, cemetery which is oh my god that's really dark (laughs) yeah yeah. very dark emo's not dead ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) that's too good that's good so tell people so tell us how you started this podcasting journey, OK Mary Podcast. How did that? How did that come about? Um, 
So Emily and I, we tend to like go to lunch a few times a week um, because of her work. So she works in the area and then she has a really long lunch break. And I live in the area and I wasn't working at this time. I had all the free time in the world. So we'd always go out to lunch and um, our conversations were always just the best. Like we would have really, really good conversations. And me and Emily, we haven't been friends like forever. So I've known her for a few years because I actually work with her boyfriend. And we only just recently, like right before the podcast, started to get in, getting to know each other really well. So we thought, you know, like we have so much to say because we haven't known each other for that long. And our conversations were just always so fun. And we thought like other people would benefit from listening to it. So one day, I think she said it and she was like, we should start a podcast like as a joke. And then I was like, Emily, yeah, let's start a podcast. She goes, are you serious? Like we were kind of joking around. I was like, no, I'm serious. Let's do it. Let's do a podcast. She goes, if you're serious, then I'm serious. Are we actually going to do this? Like at lunch, I totally remember. And I was like, yes, let's do it. So then we just started it. <laughs> that's that's so awesome. And then uh, like you just, and those are the best, by the way, when, when the ideas just come out of nowhere and then you yeah. realize that's like, it just makes so much sense. And it's like thousand percent. You just go for it. And I'm yeah. so happy that you did because I love Thank your you. podcast. Thank and, you. And by the way, um, for all the guys out there, you should listen to this podcast because it definitely teaches guys a few things about Good. what women look for and how women think. And and you can really uh, definitely get educated on that. And that's actually yeah. one, of, one of the reasons I wanted you as my first female guest <gasps> so you're thank you female fourth overall sorry i couldn't get you in earlier That's but, <laughs> but um especially being women's history month i did i thought it was the most fitting to have you on and and kind of segueing from your podcast into uh how women think and how you ladies think about what a I guess a catch would be in, in a guy and what, what you look for. Um, and of course you can't speak for every woman. I'm sure right. it's different, but <laughs> yeah, we, we can get a good idea. Yeah, I definitely, it is different for every woman. Actually, we just filmed our next episode. That's going to be next Tuesday. And it was, we had our first guest and it was another female. And that's what we were talking about. We were just talking about how like someone might be amazing, but you're just like, not my type. But I think it goes really far past looks and society does its way of, or has its way of portraying that all women care about our men's looks and then vice versa. All men care about our women's looks. Well, I can't speak for men. My experience for men is that's what they really care about. So that's unfortunate. But as far as women, um, I would say me personally, my biggest trait that I look for is like you could be the most hideous person on earth but if you're kind and you're loyal that's my biggest thing is um loyalty faithfulness and I guess I would say understanding because it all boils down to that right everybody has their own um what's the word their own flaws everybody has different flaws and if you're with a partner that can't understand those flaws and how to 
manage those flaws when you have like a big hiccup or a trigger, then it's never ever going to work out. So someone that's has like an open heart and open mind and understanding to like, you know what, you have your past experiences that have created the type of person that you are. And you're not just like me at all. You might react to something differently than I react to it. But as long as um, I can be understanding of the way you react to certain situations, even though I can't understand it, um, at least I could be understanding of you and like help you feel like you're not crazy. So I think that's, that happens a lot with like younger, the relationships I've been in, I would say like as a young woman, um, starting from when I was like 16 is my experience with men has just been like, they are, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know the word. I don't want to yeah. say any bad words, but no, you know, no. they're very conceited and the mindset of, you know, if you're not exactly like this, bleh, like yeah, if yeah. you're not perfect miss congeniality um what are you but i think it goes a long way when a man or woman can understand that their partner has had a past experience and it explains why they are the way they are and they're like willing to like you know be there for them no matter how they react to certain situations if they're like past traumas and stuff like that saying goes if what is it? If you can't handle me on my worst days, then you don't deserve me on my best. And my best days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's true. And uh, again, we're not speaking for all women or men. Um, yeah. We're just talking about your experiences uh, thus far. So what I wanted to um, get to is uh, what was what's been the age range of your experience with guys who you you've had those more sour experiences with well i've always dated four to five years older than me okay um that's been the trend because i feel like just like maturity levels they just don't match with men my age um but i i they were all 20 to 30 no no one in their 30s no one even up to 30 but it's been under 30 so 28 and under yeah, yeah. It's been like my experience. Well, I can tell you uh right now I'm 35 and uh I'm still <laughs> I'm still maturing. So uh guys just <laughs> we, we like to stay young, like real young. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've but, noticed. Yeah. We we mature at uh at a much different pace than women do. And I I don't know where that if that comes from just uh genetics or or just i don't know if there's a science to it or it's I think just there is there is right <laughs> i feel there is, I think uh, there is. <laughs> but i also do i do attribute um a lot of women's uh maturing faster to a lot of unfortunate pressure that's put on them yeah like, i agree by society right you guys always yeah. have to you guys always have to carry the that pressure whether you want to or not it almost is like it's forced on you which is unfortunate but yeah but times are changing i i see things starting to slowly hopefully slowly yeah Yeah. what do you think what do you think um you know i just said this actually a few days ago to a friend that you know if it was like a month ago i was really confident with the future 
around like expectations for women, especially when it comes to like their looks and their outward appearance and the way they should act. Cause I feel like women are speaking up a lot more and they're, you know, uh, fighting for their right to just exist because I feel like it's hard for even women to exist and do anything without someone making a comment about something like you're never going to be perfect in society's eyes. Um, but I don't know, as of recently, I could say like the past week, I just keep seeing so much hate towards women and, um, even like women themselves, like in these really influential, um, influential platforms that they're on, you know, like Kendall Jenner, the Kardashians, they're almost like fueling the fueling what's wrong with society and their outlook on women, right? Like all these crazy body editing apps, their face editing apps, and then acting like it's so natural and saying, no, I've never gotten surgery. I've never gotten all these things. And it's really toxic because it's like, it's so different if you were to just post that and be open about like certain procedures that you've gotten, because now when you're acting like it's normal, when it's clearly not like no one should born a Barbie doll, when you're acting like it's normal, you're teaching 15, 14 year old girls who are starting to look at themselves a certain way. And they think they need to look like that. They think that's the definition of beauty. Then they start having eating disorders. They're working out like crazy. They're thinking about surgeries. They want to get to look like you. And then they're depressed that they have to go through all this when like Kendall Jenner can look like that naturally when like she doesn't even look like that. And I think it's really even toxic for people my age because I'll look at that and I'll feel like crap for weeks. But I am at an age where I understand like there's so much that goes into that one photo. Like I know this woman doesn't look like that. But it makes me sad for girls much younger than me that don't think like that. Like they're not, they don't know that they use this app. They don't know that there are surgeries that could literally change your entire face, your entire body. Like, so I, I don't know, I go back and forth. Um, I think I would have more hope in society as a whole when it comes to expectations on women if people in those influential places like Ariana Grande or a woman that most majority of girls look up to are speaking out against all of that, you know, or they're doing their part, but I don't feel like a lot of influential women are doing their part, which is sad. So, yeah. you And you speak of 14 year old girls out there and I, you know, I know. Yes. My niece. Yeah. Yeah. She's, we love you. Yeah, and she's obsessed with with Ariana Grande, and and uh, there are a few artists I would say do a good job of, I guess the word being real for lack of a better term. Yeah, they keep it real. They're not they're they're not into that. Yeah, know, they don't follow that. Like I guess formula of what yeah. what you're supposed to look like. They just look like the way they want to look like. I yeah. can think of Billie Eilish as being one of those. Um, Tori Kelly. Tori Kelly, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, but it's like the biggest stars, I guess, besides Billie Eilish. Yeah. I feel like they're the ones that are the most fabricated, and it's really hard because they are the biggest stars, you know? Yeah. Do you think that's that pressure is put on them by 
that their labels or by Hollywood, quote unquote? I'm sure it is because, you know, the only way they're getting that big is they're, beca- they're a human that's unattainable. And that's why people find them so intriguing, right? Like, yeah. I don't think, like, what, no offense, but I, I know this is like an outdated conversation, but like the Kardashians, yes, they're business people, but they're business people because of their platform. Like, mm-hmm. I like the when Kylie Jenner's like, I'm self-made billionaire. It's like, if you didn't have your name, your makeup company would not be where it's at, period. Like, that's just, so you could say you did it from scratch on your own, but you had so much help by just being already so famous and having outreach to millions of people. If I started a makeup company right now, same exact formula, same exact marketing, I would not be on the cover of Forbes. I cannot outreach to millions of people. So at the end of the day, it's like you look at people who really don't possess an intriguing talent. Like obviously Ariana Grande is extremely talented, but can Kim Kardashian sing like that? No. Can she do motivational speeches like on TED Talks? No. Like she, I'm sure is a great woman, but there's nothing outstanding about her that should give her this platform besides her presentation. And I think that's how a lot of people, not people, women get their platform is purely their presentation. Influencers on Instagram, all they do is they really post stuff on social media and they get paid because they're beautiful. So if you're like a beautiful woman and people want to look like you, brands know they can send you stuff that you can say, I use this because the consumer is going to look at it as, oh, if I use that and I buy that, I might look like her or I might be more like her. And it works. It works because I do that. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. I buy things like the models that I love on Instagram. Yeah. If they're using something, I'm like, add to cart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I get that. And it's, well, one thing you just said that those companies that are watching, it's almost scary. They're like watching yeah. you. <laughs> you know yeah like, if you're trying to to get their attention that's fine right but even if you're not right you just have a account for yourself and you just you know like i know my niece she she loves she loves to be you know she she does entertainment she does theater and stuff mm-hmm. but, um i've asked her you know let's record a song together because she has a good voice and, and yeah. i want i want to showcase that you know yeah she she usually she gets apprehensive more so then i think man these companies are probably looking at these younger generations you know and i don't know the uncle in me is like stop looking at my niece (laughs) you know but yeah but you know it's uh it's it's the double-edged sword of of social media right Mm -hmm. using it responsibly versus uh letting it use you i guess yeah yeah, I have this phone case and I actually just ordered a pop socket version of it. It says social media seriously harms your mental health. And I had it a while ago and my mom like loved it. And it's funny because I was using it at a time where I felt like I was genu- genuinely really mentally healthy. I wasn't on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. And then recently I've noticed that for all this free time I've had, I've been on social media and I could definitely see my mental health kind of declining. And I was like, I need that in a pop socket case form again because it's such a good reminder every time I look at my phone to remind myself like this is all fake like it's all so so even my Instagram like looks like I'm out every single day in the sun in the ocean 
And that's not true at all. Most of my time I'm sitting here and I'm trying to start my business or I'm like crying, watching the office or something, you know, dumb. Like it, my life isn't that all that in a pack of crackers, yeah. but that's the only time I really take content or take pictures is when I'm doing something cool. And that's the majority of people on the gram, on Facebook, on TikTok, you know, yeah. everyone's fabricating their lives. So that's just exactly. remind yourself it's fake. But it, it kind of does it. it- on its own except when you're you know you're loading content up like every hour right because you're actually an influencer or you become yeah. one like brett man rock like i don't know how he does it you know he he's like he has a team <laughs> he has a team he for sure has, he a, has team. a team by the way his show is awesome I haven't watched it yet, but I love him. So I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. I know. I, I'm, I I'm, love falling him. <laughs> I'm falling behind on episodes, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's great. Brett Mendes, if you hear this, I'd love to have you on here. Oh my God. That'd be so great. I met him once. He was amazing. Yeah, that's right. He lives here. That's right. Oh my God. You're lucky. Yeah. Um, he's, he's cool because he's also like, he's hilarious, obviously for, but he's, um, he also has like real moments and he honestly just doesn't give a shit what people think. <laughs> That's why I think I really, really enjoy him. Yeah. And you know, I loved him even more after meeting him because he is the exact same in person oh that he is like online. Cause yeah. when I met him, I, what did I say to him? I was like, Oh my God, you look so good. And he's like, girl, I know. And I was just cracking up because I was like, wow, you are the exact same. But that's <laughs> like just not a show. That's beautiful to see. Cause yeah. that, that makes it, yeah, that makes them more real. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. someone like Bretman rock or, or, or Billie Eilish, which by the way, I'm a Love huge her. fan of, right. Like, did you watch your documentary? I'm oh sure. yeah. So, so good. Right after like, I watched it actually with my nieces because um, <laughs> my older niece wants to like she loves Billie Eilish just like I. Nika. Yeah, yeah. Really? She does. Yeah. Uh-huh. You you know we were gonna go to her concert and then. Yeah, COVID, COVID. happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, when she reschedules, I would like to come. Yes, come. We'll, Invite we'll, me. <laughs> absolutely, you're invited. You know you're invited. Come on. Yay. By the way, for people who don't know, who don't know, um. We should probably just explain how we're related because people are probably assuming we're just first cousins. That's not true. No. Our, our dads are first cousins. So that would make us, how does that work? Does that make us the first kids cousins once removed? Cousins? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're cousins. I don't know. And, yeah, and, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but we're cousins. Yeah, we're cousins, man. Uh, everybody, they say everybody is 50th cousins or less or something like that. Isn't that crazy? Did you know that? I feel like Persians have like 150 cousins. (laughs) Well, like, but they're saying like, as far as uh, genealogy, like everybody is related on this planet. And uh, the way they've done the math is that 50th cousins or less. I know it makes it sound gross because then you don't want to see anybody. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. But I I just stopped (laughs) counting after like 15th cousins. So yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Anyone anyway. that I see at a family party, I'm just like, that's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Persian families are huge to begin with, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so going back to Billie Eilish, like she, like in the documentary, it, it showcases that. And I feel like if I were to meet her in person and I've seen her concerts where she's like 
she tells the crowd like mm-hmm. I need you to be okay right yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm i'm gonna be okay because she looks at herself as one of them and and that's I love that. for like a 19 year old to think that way right it's really wise because i mean look at justin bieber and his documentary i don't know if you watched it yeah. but he said like at that young age, like I couldn't learn that I was just a normal human. So the amount of dopamine you're getting when people are like praising you and that amounts of numbers, like she's very, very wise. I blame it on the homeschool (laughs) or I give credit to the homeschool. Credit the homeschool. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad though, that there are, there are uh, celebrities out there that, are responsible about that now yeah and and at such a young age you know it's it's huge you're one of them i mean you're i hope you become so famous and you can influence the world to be oh my god thank you i i too hope the same thing well (laughs) i don't know famous i'd like to be like an influential person to to the amount where it's not like a you can't walk outside yeah and people are attacking you but i hope i'm just like casual person be like oh yeah she influences millions of people but she's whatever like you don't yeah. need to take a picture with her or anything. Hey, that'd you, be cool you influenced me to start this podcast so there <gasps> thank you, go. you. <laughs> no, i just I, need a talent see if i could sing like you okay. and hopefully i can reach more people but you I'm are very great talented. you're a great talker you're a great speaker you're entertaining <laughs> you're, oh, um you. you have it you know so <laughs> Just keep it up. I know it's gonna get you. We're a, we're a family of entertainers. That's true. We have, a few, <laughs> and we have a few that aren't so much. But yes, Fashad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fashad is the engineer of our family, man. He, he he's good at that. That's his talent. <laughs> so uh, funny. He used to play the uh, the Persian uh, like drum. The drum, yeah. I remember. And my dad would. My dad would glorify him like, oh, he's so good. <laughs> he would come to me. He's like, bro, I suck. I'm not that <laughs> That's nice. But yeah. Your dad's a nice guy. I love my dad. Yeah. I love your dad too. You guys are yeah. so sweet. Oh, um, thanks. Anyway, so we were, um, so going back to influencers and responsibility of, of females and males um, on how what real is realism and in, in being portrayed that way. Um, I, I guess the, the moral of the story is we have to be um, forcing social media to show our real side, as opposed to the other way around as us yeah. allowing social media to dictate. Yeah. You know, I and always see it. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say that's so important because again, being an uncle and, uh, I try not, like, I try to be the cool uncle that's not always worried about my nieces, like, you know, yeah. and stuff. But you know, you think about it, and and you see it, and and that's why I like someone like Brett Monroe or Billie Eilish because, yeah, they're themselves, but they're unapologetically themselves, and they're not yeah. going to change even if you throw a billion dollars in their face. They're not. Mm-hmm. Gonna, they're not going to be anybody. Yeah. What I love about Billie Eilish, by the way, she still lives in the same house. I know. I tell everyone that. Like, every time <laughs> I introduce someone to Billie Eilish, I'm like, she still lives 
in the house she grew up in like look at this house with her parents you know I just think it's I think it's really great it's really humble of her and it's so funny because I was cracking up so hard the part of the documentary so I was thinking I'm like oh my gosh she has millions of dollars you're literally a millionaire like girl go go get a house and she was so excited about her first car I was like you could literally buy 7,000 of those cars and still have a million dollars in the bank and then towards the end um they were like all delusional writing a song or recording a song for the James Bond movie and they were talking about them being millionaires but she just said it so like she was cracking up and laughing like it didn't she didn't make it seem like annoying or like ugh, like I cocky know. about it. She was just like, "We're millionaires. That's weird, you know." Yeah, so yeah. I like that about her humor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, as far as uh, you and and what you want to be out there, and and you're still being yourself. By the way, you said your social media is is fake. It's not really fake. You're actually just fake. in a really beautiful <laughs> place, and, and it's. Thanks. You can just literally walk outside and there's like a million Instagram posts waiting to happen. So That's true. Um, but what would you say to the younger generation that's that's following, right? That's looking up, that listens to your podcast or even follows you and or um, or even doesn't follow you. Just what, what advice would you give the younger girls as far as what to look for in guys and also how to um carry themselves um no pressure (laughs) (laughs) um okay as far as like telling younger girls what to look for in guys I would say follow your gut instinct and just think about how they make you feel because if someone is like very very attractive and you're like physically attracted to them but like emotionally they're making you dread your life. That's not the right person for you because it's not going to get better. It really won't get better. Um, so I would say just look for someone that makes you, if you're looking for someone or you're open to dating, look for someone that makes you feel better than you already feel. Like I don't think you know you should let someone into your life if they're going to make you feel worse than you do. Um, and as far as like, advice on looking at whether it's my Instagram other people's Instagrams that look like they have perfect lives things are not as they seem and I've come to realize that because of all the influencers that I have looked up to in my past however so many years on social media like what 10 years already on social media um I have noticed that even those people that have quote-unquote perfect lives or they're so beautiful and you just like want to take a picture of their face or plastic surgery and be like make me look like this I'm sure if you put them in a therapy they would sit there and talk about all the things they're insecure about all the things they're depressed about and um, things are just really not not at all as they seem I could tell you from my personal experience I don't I want to share as much as I can on social media, but it's also a highlight reel. So I don't post the hard things I'm going through. So when people go to my account, I even get messages like, you look so happy. You look so, I'm like, I was depressed, like clinically depressed for like the last year that like I was losing my hair and I was like physically, I was having like physical impairments from my depression, but people would have no idea because I'm not out here like you guys I'm depressed like I'm not trying to ask for attention but things are really not as they seem 
at all. So always just keep that in the back of your head every time you find yourself like scrolling and scrolling for hours and feeling bleh about yourself. I did that the other day and I had to tell myself just exit and I just exited. I unfollowed, even though I wanted to keep looking, it wasn't serving me and it wasn't making me feel better. So I just, I got rid of the account and I forget who I even was already. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's good that you recognize that. And I think what's important is to, to know that no matter who you're following, whether they have a trillion followers or they have five, they all go through the daily challenges of life, man. We all yeah. deal with it. We all have yeah. mental health. I think mental health is, even though it's talked about a lot these days, I don't think it's talked about enough. It's not. And it's you know not. what's interesting is the other day or yesterday morning, I thought to myself, I had this thought. And I said, people don't understand anxiety the way anxiety actually is. And I don't know what triggered that thought, but I was just thinking about my past in high school and middle school and elementary school in the workplaces. And when you feel anxiety or people who have clinical anxiety or depression, it's like the simplest of things are hardest to do. And people think anxiety as like, oh, you're like kind of nervous or something makes you anxious. Like that's not at all what it is. Like sometimes people with really, really bad anxiety, just getting out of the bed and brushing your teeth feels impossible. And it's so hard to get someone out of bed to do the simplest of tasks and they can't explain it. And they really just, they really can't explain it. So I wish people, when they talk about mental health, they don't just group it into something so crazy and dramatic like you have to have schizophrenia to have poor mental health I don't have one friend actually I have one friend and I would say it's Emily who I've never seen like any type of mental health issues but majority of the people I hang out with we all admit like oh we're having a very like a big anxiety day we've been depressed this whole week and it just triggered us and that's why I couldn't text you back for a week I'm sorry the thought of texting someone made me anxious so it's way more prevalent than people think and it needs like the minor forms of mental health can affect your life in drastic ways and i think we need to be talking about that kind of stuff too absolutely and i think um more of the uh i guess uh, not all i can't speak for all but a a lot of families that come from persian backgrounds yep they (laughs) don't believe in it (laughs) almost it's almost taboo right it is my mom still doesn't understand (laughs) yeah and 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 you know what it's it's okay to a degree because it is it is emerging as like one of the most pivotal topics and pivotal issues that we face by the way my the older i get and when i think back to like stories my dad has shared from his childhood or or uh, mm-hmm. my, my uncles, my uncles have shared. I'm like, guys, or my aunts even, right? I'm like, dude, my mom was in prison, by the way, for a year, right? Like, wait, 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 yeah. hold on, pause. This is new information. What? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, religious persecution. Was it a hijab situation? It was. Well, she was a Baha'i, right? And and yeah, in Iran, that's that religion is basically mm-hmm. like a sin. So yeah. anyway, it's it's dumb that she even went to prison, but yeah, she went 
when she, before she had me, right? Uh-huh. And and um every time I ask her to talk about like what what were your experience for a whole year, by the way, her and my grandmother together, they put them in there. Um and for that year she she always has very little to actually open up about, but I know yeah. I know that she was uh she went through some some shit in there, man. Because they, yeah. I know they, they, one thing they do, um, the the government in Iran, what when they put you in prison, one practice they have is to tr- when you're a Baha'i is to try to get you to recount, like recant your faith, like yeah. turn away from your faith. I'm not religious, by the way, at all, right? I'm not mm-hmm. a religious person. This is not a religious podcast at all. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just yeah, I'm just sharing this specific story about my mom being mm-hmm. in prison. Anyway, so when she tells me, like, when she gives me a glimpse of it, and then growing up and now thinking back to these stories that both my parents have shared and my uncles and aunts, I'm like, they all could have just used a therapist, man. Like, if they had a therapist, right? Yeah. And by the way, I am all for therapy. Mental therapy. Yes. Right. I just started therapy. It's best. Good for you. You know, I, I, I'm starting soon, too. You know, it's. Um, do it there's nothing everyone has things to work through yeah definitely not and here's what's the funny that when you spoke about your mom um needing therapy is my mom when I told her I was like hey mom like I I really need therapy I want to get therapy she's like baby why and like so concerned I was like yeah I'm not gonna go cut myself I'm not gonna kill myself but I'm like I need therapy because I have a lot of of emotions that are just not natural, not normal. They're holding me back from like living my life. And like growing up, I've always had these weird quirks or things about me that just made my life really, really hard. And I was starting to do more research and I don't want to self-diagnose myself. But I was like, mom, I really think I actually have like a attention deficit disorder. And that's why it's been so hard for me to like stay in a job or continue things that I've always wanted to do. And I'm 24 now. I don't feel like I'm really going any places and I really need to get a hold of my life. And she was just telling me, she's like, I just don't understand like why you have, you say you have anxiety. I don't get it. And then she would tell me stories about her, like at my age. And um, like, she told me one story about when she started teaching or not teaching. She was in a school when she left Iran and she had an accent because she doesn't speak English, so in her yeah. first language, and then she would feel like this feeling how she wanted to throw up every time she went into class because kids made fun of her. And I was like, mother, that is anxiety. So you know what anxiety feels like. Some people like me feel that every day for no reason. It's a mental health disorder and it needs to be fixed. Yeah. So the thing is like, they don't, they have feelings, emotions, but they don't classify it as a term because like you said, it's taboo. I think to not just Persians, but even like Asian families, I hear that a lot from my Asian friends, pretty much every culture is thinking it's, it's pretty much taboo. They think it's pretty much taboo. And and if I can, um, first of all, you know, women go through a lot more shit than men do. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Cause it's true. A thousand percent. I have nothing but the utmost respect for you ladies. But Thank you. <laughs> my mom, my mom, my own mom being one, right? She she had to go, th- you know, she went through a year in prison. Uh, like after having Pega, by the way, she had Pega. 
Oh. Yeah. So she has she has her first child, and then Pega might be, give or take, maybe she's like two. She's like two years old, and she does, she's she's going without her mom for a year. So, so that tells you two things. One, my mom had to be in prison, thinking about the fact that. She's not there for her. She's kid. not there for a kid. Obviously, my dad did a good job at at, yeah. at at picking up the pieces, but it's yeah for for an for an adolescent child, especially a daughter, to not yeah. have that that Mom. motherly love mm-hmm. for a year, and it was out of her hand, which which, mm-hmm. which like infuriates me. Yeah. Um. And then, so that's from from my mom's side having to think about that, and then Pega obviously she was two, so she doesn't remember it. However, you know, like, um, I'm sure going through that and then growing up and, and my mom, the, the experience of prison, like really, uh, made, uh, made her be kind of like quiet. And you've seen my mom, you know how she, yeah. she's very reserved. She, I, I always say my, my, my mom, yeah, she's very gentle, gentle. and I, I love her. I love all the women in my life, but. Um, my wife as well, Shada. And speaking of anxiety, I'll I'll get into that with her too. Um, she was my mom was you know she's always reserved. So I always say you know when my mom talks, everyone listens because it's like she actually has something to say valuable that is valuable. Say. Yeah. 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 Where, whereas my dad and and to a degree myself and my sister, <gasps> we we can talk all day. You know. <laughs> yeah. True. 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 <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, but it's so true. So, and then as far as the guy side, like going back to seeing like how I I see a lot of me- uh, male figures in my family that could have used therapy, uh, therapy or or at least attention for the mental health. You know. Yeah. It. Um. And by the way, my dad, the way he was raised by my grandfather, like I don't condone it at all. But it was wasn't it wasn't for the faint of heart. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And, 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 but like for them, like when they complained about something that they're going through, uh, old school thinking is, oh, tough it out. Right. Yeah. That's tough just it generations out. and we're like trying to change it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Like a lot of, a lot of, uh, male figures in my family, the older ones growing up, they, that's how they were raised. They were told that. Yeah. My and dad too. Yeah, yeah. So they can, you know, your dad and my dad definitely are on the same boat in that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's it's tough. But let's make that change for our kids, right? Yeah, for, that's for, that's the biggest thing for me is I think if I have a son or if I have a daughter, I do not want my son to feel like he needs to have some type of toxic masculinity and can't show his emotions and his feelings and then become just like a blatant douchebag. And then for my daughter, I don't want her to feel like she needs to be some perfect queen that's literally miscongeniality, congeniality or else people won't give a shit about her. Because the thing is, no one's going to be perfect. And even if you were perfect, people are still going to talk shit about you. Yeah. So I just hope that by the time I do bring kids into this world, the narrative behind expectations on men and women change drastically they need to change drastically before i even consider bringing kids into this world me too me too <laughs> i know and shayla agrees we both okay agree. good yeah we, good. See, we see that and we're like man you know yeah. also I, like 
raising kids takes a lot of patience and <laughs> it does yeah and, so and we're trying to build that we're trying to build that stamina you know? yeah I think too it's important to like if you like as an adult ready to have children for anyone listening that's moving this boat is to kind of hold yourself accountable for the shit that you need to take care of like if you have little weird quirks and you understand like oh yeah that's an issue I have that's a trigger I have I should I should, you know, pay attention. So I should fix it, fix it before you have kids. Because I have friends that, um, they have daughters that are like seven, eight, and they still struggle with like bodily image and like eating disorders and stuff. And I'm like, you don't understand that every time you look at yourself and like, oh my God, I can't eat because I'm getting fat. Oh my God, I can't eat. Or like saying things like that to you that you've been used to saying is literally translating to your daughter. Do you want her to grow up the same way you grow up, grew up, you're in your thirties and you still focus so much on your looks that you're literally depressed and you can't be happy do you want the same for your daughter so I think it's like parents should be responsible enough no one's gonna be perfect but if you yeah no one's no one's perfect you'll never be perfect but if you have like a really really major um insecurity or a mental health issue whatever that's going to affect the way you raise your children and it's going to take like your preconceived issue or pre-issues that you've created or you grew up with and you're going to pass it on to your kid. Like you can break that cycle. You definitely can break that cycle. There's so much help nowadays. There's so much um, awareness behind things like eating, eating disorders, addiction, whatever it may be that you're going through that I really think it's responsible for people to try their best to handle their issues before raising a kid as much as possible anyway right as much as possible. Yeah, as much as you can but whatever is available to you whatever help is available to you make it an effort you know 1000 percent. i think responsibility that you mentioned is a huge word and it's it's uh so important and we can't stress that enough um but you know anxiety uh i Luckily, I mean, I don't deal with anxiety, but because I know people who do, mm-hmm. and, and I know that I don't have that avenue of mental health challenge, but I have. You're others. so lucky. I, I know I am lucky, and I <laughs> and I see how how common it is. Right, it's a very common thing. Yeah, it is. But here's one thing: as far as my wife is concerned. She has anxiety too. And she wouldn't mm-hmm. mind me telling, telling you this or anyone. Um, she, because of that, her, because of her anxiety and her anxiety comes from uh, fear of being alone. Right. She always, she told me that ever since she was little, right. She, she would have that. And then that leads to other uh, habits, right. Mm-hmm. That, that, that are, um, that could be detrimental to herself, uh, but she's she's fine. She's strong. She's the strongest woman I know, um, and she and she's beautiful. And and I'm lucky to ha- to have to be able to call her my wife. Amen. Um, yeah, man. And so my um, but as you know, and um, she lost her father last year uh, to cancer, and and it all happened within like five five months. I mean, it was so fast. Yeah. Um, and 
seeing her, I mean, I was just, and I, he was my father-in-law, right? So that relationship was, uh, where we were close, but I could never even imagine trying to step in the shoes of Shada and Erfan, my brother. Yeah. Yeah. And because the way Shada handled, she handled it like a champ, man. I mean, I noticed. Of course she was. Even when I saw you guys and she talked about it, I remember going home and telling my parents, like, I told my mom and dad, because I've always had, you know, being Persian, like they don't talk about death. So I'm very afraid of having to mourn a a family member because of how I'll handle it. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, Shada is everything I want to be. Like, she was so strong the way she talked about her dad. And I just know, like, the day I lose you and dad, like, I, I feel like I would die. Like, someone would have to put me in an insane asylum. And I remember I told Shada that, and she's like, you know, I used to feel like that too, but yeah. I guess she, she thought, you know, she believes that her dad is giving her, like, all the strength to get yeah. through it. And I'm like, can you teach me? Because I am dreading the day that I have to go through that. But she really gave me hope. Like, the fact that she struggles with anxiety and she could say, that she felt the same exact way I did, that she's just as close to her parent or her dad as I am to my parents. It made me realize like, maybe it is possible to make it through such a tragic experience. You know, she did handle that like a champ. I told everyone, I told everyone. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, I, I was such a proud husband just watching how she was dealing with the emo- emotions of it being the most, the hardest part. And, and you, I mean, I cried at my own wedding, so I and she didn't. So that shows how emotional I get. But she was able to handle, um, like, just the news. And then, obviously, she had days where she had to cry. It, it's it's yeah. normal. Like, yeah. it's a it's a it's if she didn't cry, I would be worried, right? Like, yeah, you're not supposed to be okay. Yeah. So she, but but dealing with the emotions, and then the boatload of uh like a f- domino effect that that led to you know um inheritance stuff how my my father-in-law's house having for, she has to go like we joke about it now but we sold a house before we bought a house you know yeah we yeah. had to we had to deal with, with all of, that with all of his belong and she just handled it like a champ man and i and i i learned a lot you know but yeah. she attributes it at least partially to that anxiety because she can when she's under fire she can Mm -hmm. she can handle it because she says like i think about these things that i freak out about all because of my anxiety but she says but when i'm actually in these situations i just it just comes to me i i i because i guess i for better or worse yeah yeah if there's a if there's a silver lining Mm -hmm. but but and the other like I said, her anxiety comes from fear of being alone. And she was so close to her dad. And yeah. then him go- being gone, you know, she yeah. it took her some while to. And sometimes she still struggles with acceptance, right? That's the hard yeah. part. But yeah. anyway, my point being is anxiety is such a common thing that my cousin has it, as she just mentioned here. And then my wife has it, right? Um, my cousin, my other cousins have it. So the point is, you're not alone. And, and so when she thinks of that, she's like, okay, well, people go through this shit. I'm not yeah. the only person. And, and what's beautiful is we got to talk about it. There's not, we have to discuss the mental health, anxiety being one, right? Depression being another. 
and some of them lead to to the other ones right but i know i know i haven't been diagnosed but i know i've had days where like you said i don't want to get out of bed right mm -hmm. waking up is the is like sometimes the biggest like a chore thing. yeah it is it's like a yeah chore. yeah because yeah. it's like all right what but one thing that works for me and this is not at the recommendation of therapists or professionals it's just something <laughs> something that works no medical me. advice no medical advice exactly. p humble advice p humble advice um <laughs> i what i do now that works for me and maybe it's because of eight, like being 35 and having gone through the the mistakes because i've handled it wrong uh in my 20s i handled it the wrong way um i plan i, I have to plan I have to plan my days, right? And that's, that's that, work, that works for me because I literally use the reminder app on my phone and I just say, okay, <laughs> remind me to do X, Y, and Z, right? And then mm -hmm. just by writing it in there, I have like this calm and it, it that, helps me. That's so funny. I give that advice to everyone too. I said, okay. when you have a lot to do, write a to-do list. Yeah. That's so Because writing it down, it's like, it's like off your mind. It's cluttered in your brain. Then you put it on paper and you're like, ah, organization. I know. Yeah. I, know. I totally feel so That's true. so true. Absolutely. And I think that um, uh, by writing things down and setting reminders for me, um, it allows me to not be in the like, in that fog right not yeah that like unknown that's where i feel yeah. that my lowest is when i don't know what's next yeah yeah i, I don't know what's coming i don't know what what i'm supposed to yeah. do like i, I relate yeah I relate. <laughs> so for men and women right it, i think it, we can we can say that we both deal with it um and, oh. and and men it's not taboo to 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 vent to to see a therapist we don't have to tough it out guys that it it's it's okay it's okay to cry man i cry yeah <laughs> you know what i want to add to your first question about like what do women look for in men i would say that like be vulnerable cuz i cannot find anything more unattractive than a man who's like i'm fine it's fine everything's fine i'm good yeah. i'm good and i'm like can you communicate cuz it's like clearly nothing's fine and when you're like, I'm good, it's just like, do you not want to talk? Like, am I not important enough to you to, for you to share? And I think it just comes from men being raised like, oh, don't cry. Don't be a pussy. Like yeah, yeah. comments like that. And it's really, really toxic. So when you come across like a man that can actually be completely vulnerable, share his emotions, share his feelings and say like, no, I'm not okay. I was feeling this today. I was feeling this, this, this. It's so... I think it's more masculine of a man to be vulnerable than I think it's not masculine when a man's like wants to hide everything. Yeah. And, and I can say that that's probably, uh, I know, I know guys that struggle with that. Yeah, me too. Um, and and <laughs> I, I struggle with it too, by the way. Yeah. I cry a lot, but there's times where, you know, cause again, uh, we teach what we've learned, right? And my parents yeah. learned one way and, and they were immigrants in this country and yeah, you know, yeah. and their perspective on life is never going to be the same as mine. I was fortunate yeah. enough to grow up essentially. I mean, I consider myself an American. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, I was born in Iran, but I came at such a young age. Mm -hmm. And so like I've adapted. It was so much easier for me to adapt 
to the West life in the West. And so, <laughs> um, but I can never say that for my parents. And the older I get, the more I feel guilty because sometimes I'm hard on them. I'm like, come on, like, don't do this, don't do that. But then I realized, dude, their perspective is so off. It's so different. People are just a product of their past. So I think the best way to approach anyone that like does things differently than you is like grace, right? So even if someone, yeah, grace, be humble. (laughs) I think that's like a really big attribute to have as well. Like if you are dealing with someone or a parent or a family member, that you can just like, it's just plastered on their forehead, all the ways they treat other people um, or the ways they are, are all a product of what they've been through. So just give them grace. I think it's important, like obviously someone's going to try and go shoot up a school. You can give a reason to it, right? Is like they were probably bullied and had a lot of trauma. Um, So obviously that's not okay because it harms people and you have to change it. But I think being able to approach people with like really, really drastic mental health issues is, you know, let them know this needs to change. Like this way that you are, unfortunately, um, is not a good way to be. Like the fact that you want to kill people is not right at all. It needs to change, but don't like make someone feel lower than they, than they already feel, you know, like happy people don't wake up wanting to ruin people's days so even as like simple as a really rude waitress at the restaurant is they have to be going through something they have to have gone through something that day so just approaching people with grace humility and not acting like you know their entire life because you genuinely have no idea no what we don't people are going through we don't was that a sneeze Bless you. No, it was a, oh. <laughs> it was a cough. Okay, okay. He's in my throat. <laughs> uh oh. Um, but you know, it's uh, I think the word I always go to is empathy. Um, just yeah. Try to have empathy, man. It's as hard as it is sometimes. We got to get out of our own head for just a minute, just to think what I'm about to tell this person. They've probably thought about already. Right? Yeah, and, and, and it's not. You know that old quote that's like, walk a mile in my shoes or put yourself in the other yeah, person's shoes. Yeah. I'm like, yes, do that. Yeah. Like that is the best advice I could give anyone is when you're in the middle of an argument, yeah. you need to see it from their perspective. Or before an argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Conversation, true. difference, yeah. whatever. Exactly. So, you know, it's, um, man, I'm so glad I had you on as my first female. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, Me too. And if you want, if you want real talks like this, then you need to listen to OK Mary podcast because they actually, I listen to it, right? And I'm not ashamed to say it because I'm not tough. I listen to it. I learn. Other men and women, uh, women will agree. Men will learn. <laughs> so You know, I have to be honest. We have about 40% of our listeners are men. That's great. Isn't that shocking? I was pretty shocked when I realized like each of our episodes are not like girl talk. Like it's not like that one caller daddy podcast. It's not things that like you want to listen to only if you're a woman. I think we talk about pretty neutral stuff. And when it has to do more so about women, I think men can really gain from it as well because you like get inside the head of a female 
without having to talk directly to that female. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And th there's so much, there's so much blockage, both. I think, well, I can speak for men for myself and a lot of men, especially in America um, or the West is that we create a bunch of reasons in our heads why we shouldn't right uh approach a woman that we think is pretty or we think is yeah. interesting even yeah right uh yeah. by the way looks is is great um well, i'm talking to guys when you see a girl and you think it's pretty that's great but for me personally i don't know uh, uh i always were was more interested in personality than i was as you should be because at the end of the day looks fade right like are you gonna spend your life with this person who has like a really nice butt but a shitty personality you know what i mean because i'm looks lucky fade. Enough, and i'm lucky enough that shada has both right? both yeah in, i was gonna in say abundance in abundance yeah so yeah she's a, she's a sweetheart and again i'm lucky to have her um Amen. not have her she's my wife <laughs> she has to <laughs> partner up in life with her to, to partner up in life that's right yeah sabrina i want you back on here like Yay! anytime you want Please. Okay, you yes. just let me know. My <laughs> schedule is just kind of, I'm just <laughs> trying to see how far I could go with my savings at this point. So call me whenever. <laughs> and, and, and you will, you will figure that out. I'm sure of it because you are, you are, your head is in the right place. You're following your passions and you're doing it the right way. You're learning from others. You're, you're not, you're not, um, you're not chasing it in a negative way at all you're being very thank you forward thinking and that's that and by the way to wrap this conversation on what true beauty is and everything that is so relative because beauty in one region of the world is completely different than in other regions of the world i just talked about this the other day on the podcast right. you have to listen to because i saw you know i know we need to end this but i saw a tiktok that was talking about like i'm gonna change your whole entire perception on beauty standards in this country women are getting surgeries to make your eyes look like super round yeah. while you're trying to in the states you're trying to change your round eyes to look like this so like beauty is a trend and it comes and it goes yep. and everything's just ever changing. So just fall in love with what you already have and yeah. period. Yes. <laughs> love yourself for who you are. Yeah. And, and if you're going to do any cosmetics, do it because you want to, not because you're trying to anybody else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 100%. Yes. Sabrina, Agreed. love you so love much. Love you. Thank you for joining. You want to plug your social handles and Oh, I mean it's right behind you. That's right. Is that all you have? Okay. Yeah, that's all I have. I have a TikTok too, but I'm never on it. I have a YouTube, oh, but yes. the link is in that bio. Instagram is like my center. Okay. So if you want to know anything about me, just go to my Instagram. Alrighty. Follow us. <laughs> okay, love you. This love was you fun. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Together, we'll purify the mind and the
and have a good time. I'll showcase your very best on Fumble Podcast.